Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and all state insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim, Chet, Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Sixers got the deal done unloading that dead weight and bringing in James Harden. We will discuss in great detail. The Flyers suffered a devastating loss last night in Pittsburgh. It looks like Claude Giroux is on his way out of town. Pitchers and catchers, speaking of out of town, they never made it to Clearwater uh, as scheduled. Major League Baseball has a real problem. We'll get to that. The Super Bowl didn't disappoint. And last week's guest, Eagles legend Dick Vermeil, is officially a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're going to make us talk about the Flyers, huh, Bill? Okay, if we must, if we must, uh, <laughs> let's just pretend the Tuesday night's Flyers game or the Sixers game didn't happen. They were both dreadful at least the flyers game the way it ended uh speaking of dick vermeil yeah congrats on him being named a hall of famer officially we thought it was going to happen and it did and thanks to everybody who checked out our interview with him from last week's show it ended up being one of our most viewed segments ever on our youtube channel so thanks and well done by you too also mr chesco great great job uh hey as we mentioned sixers pulled off the deal to get rid of uh, the dead weight and bring in James Harden. Costly trade to get this guy, Chet, but uh, you have to give something to get something, and I guess uh, to break it all down tonight, we have a long-time Sixers insider, D-Line, to join us to talk about all of it. Yes, we do, and it should be fun. She's just about ready, although as I'm looking at her in the <laughs> waiting room, she's sideways. She's lying she's down. we got to get her to stand up. We'll see if we can figure that out. Uh, let, let's see what happens. Oh, by the way, I feel dirty or kind of silly wearing this Sixers t-shirt after a 50 point loss. <laughs> but, well, but, but you know what? Uh, it's, it's still a celebration night. There's D it's a celebration night and the James Harden, it, that deal got done and uh, it went down to the, the 99th hour. As I said, they gave up a lot and uh deal deal break that down with us. There she is. She's, uh, she's up and, she, right now. and she's right side. I, <laughs> I, apo- I apologize. Oh my God. I always say I never know if I'm supposed to be horizontal or vertical. Yeah. And go. I go back and forth depending yeah. on where you are and what streaming. That Sixers game knocked you for use. a loop last night. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> <sighs> 
Yeah, <laughs> we, we certainly picked a great week to have you back on with us because, as you know, the Sixers made that blockbuster trade last Thursday, just a couple of hours before the deadline, acquiring a former MVP, a three-time scoring champion, a 10-time All-Star, all-in-one, James Harden, uh, from Brooklyn, of course, in exchange for a certain 6'10 point guard and others. Most Sixers fans <laughs> loved the deal. Some national folks, including Stephen A. and Charles, did not. So what is the D verdict on the big deal? Um, so I often think that the best trades in sports are ones that benefit everybody. Um, I think when you're trying to be the person who like gouges somebody <laughs> that you're probably in a position of not, you know, not a lot of power. Um, so for me, I can see why Brooklyn feels good about this. And I can see why Philadelphia feels good about this. And personally, I would like to see the two meet in the postseason. And I think then you get the best judge of who got the best end of this deal in the moment. And there could be a long lens to this where who has the best longevity of success with the the trade as well. So um, I, I think both teams did really well. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Yep. Yeah, I think, D, my, my take on it is that guy wasn't going to play for the Sixers ever. So, ever. you know, no. it, right. It might have been expensive to have to throw some of those other things in, you know, the number one picks and all. They had him over, had the Sixers over a barrel a little bit, but he wasn't going to play here. So it's a win. Well, he was never going to play here is true, um, though there are some who say if you hold out, but but you didn't have to hold out. You ended up getting a former MVP. Okay, he's 32 years old. I still like the numbers that James Harden is producing, 22, 10, and 8, playing 37 minutes a, a game. <laughs> Look. What more do you want from this guy? And the only thing that I was concerned, and he answered the questions perfectly in his press conference, you cannot take away from the MVP season that Joel Embiid is having. And so long as you know that, I'm, I'm all in. Um, and, and I think he handled that great during his press conference. I agree. My only other question about Harden D is who dressed him last night? <laughs> so it's so funny because I had to go on a show yesterday before he rolled out this amazing outfit. Um, and I said he gets misrepresented as being overweight or out of shape. Because I was at their practice on Monday and then the shoot-around Tuesday, right? Today's Wednesday, yeah. So two days in a row. And this guy is in really, really good shape. That outfit did not help him one iota <laughs> to show that. But, you know, good for him. I love people who like to express <laughs> well, hey, D, I had in my notes, and you already mentioned it, is about the 37 minutes from Harden. That's more than any yeah. Sixer is averaging 
right now. You know, 35, I believe, is Nobody, Maxie yeah. is the, is the well, leader. That's yeah, good. And, and in fairness, yeah, and in fairness, I always used to say about Simmons, um, you know, for the four years that he was here, one of his great attributes was his availability <laughs> and his ability to play big minutes. So in that sense, you actually got a guy who delivers in some, like, you know, in that same scope of playing long minutes. Uh, I think James probably does not want to average 37 minutes a game. I think that was one of his kind of things that he would like to dial back on a little bit. And I, I don't blame him. Um, but you have the one thing that's great is because you have Maxi, he probably does not have to play 37 minutes. He could probably be a 33-minute guy and be totally happy doing that and be so effective. And, and I know that sounds silly, like what's four minutes? Four minutes is a big deal. <laughs> it is as you're aging, right? And I think James just sees that this situation, uh, he had such respect for Maxie, which I really tuned into uh, at a press conference. And I think he wants this, he wants to be a mentor to this guy. And this guy is a really good player. And I think you're going to see right now, of course, Harden's going to be your point guard. Maxie's going to be there as the second guard. But I think you're going to see where Harden wants to mentor Maxie in any way, shape, and form that he can. Yeah, the scoring averages, too, of both Harden and Embiid may go down slightly, which I guess they're okay with as long as they're winning. How is the offense going to look now? Will they? You know, will this open up things also now for Tobias and Maxie a little bit more? Well, I don't think the scoring is going to go down, to be honest with you. I think uh, I think just by Harden acknowledging what Embiid is doing, it, I think people want to fuel the fire, uh, right? His teammates want to do that <laughs> long before Harden came here. So, you know, he's the NBA's leading scorer right now, 29.5, I think it is. Um, and I don't see him tapering off, right? So now here comes Harden, and Harden's averaging 22. I honestly, I don't see that tapering off. Um, you know, Seth Curry left us, and he was averaging 16. You know, so the... 22, 16, and maybe maybe Harden averages 18 as six. That's possible. Um, and the maxi part, I think, is more about his game. Can he adjust to being now a guy, which is really what he was supposed to be, off the ball, right? Can he still get his offense being a guy off the ball? And I think he can because I think they're going to you know, continue to try to push the pace. And those, and I think Tobias, just look for me, Tobias is going to be the guy who makes more threes. So Tobias had one bad month of shooting threes. 
And over his last two, I think I looked, and it's like, well, he's up over 50 in February, and it was 40-something in January. So he's going to benefit from the fact that uh, James is going to penetrate, and you have to look at Embiid, and he's going to get corner threes. So I think he's going to become a guy who makes threes, and Maxi will do the same. Well, D, I feel like I ask you this every time we have you on, which is a lot. Um, we're inside 30 games. Uh, team chemistry, always a problem in yeah. my mind because I feel like over yeah. the last handful of years, they went in the playoffs without team chemistry. Uh, new players in, this whole Harden and beat, meet, meet, mixing them in. Um, do you see these guys playing a lot down the stretch here, or do you see rest days? How do you see uh, Doc Rivers handling this? And and I guess I'll follow that with saying, can Doc Rivers handle this? Oh, Doc can absolutely handle this. Um, rest days, I would say few and far between. And I would also say that I think this group is so committed to they want to be playing in June. And I, I, I think when you hear them say that, rest days aren't important to them. And you have to understand the way Doc runs an organization. Doc is not a huge practice guy once you get beyond your training camp. He, like, there just aren't practice days. He'll make them look at film, but it's just not. And that's part of why... Harden is not playing, didn't play last night, and is not going to play on Thursday against the Bucks because he's waiting for those two days that they get to practice when you come off of the All-Star break where they will actually have a scrimmage. Um, you know, I mean, these guys are high-level players, so you run through scripts and, the, and you're realizing – where you are and what your role is and, and where people want the ball and that. But script versus scrimmage, I, I mean, I, I think scrimmage is important, but, you know, Doc values your health and he thinks that you get a lot out of doing walkthrough stuff more than banging against against each each other so eh. hey d i'm not an evil person but i'm secretly hoping that things don't work out so well in brooklyn for our <laughs> former six ten point guard how do you uh think things will go for simmons kd and the only away game playing kyrie <laughs> well first of all i think that I think Kyrie's going to get to play in games coming soon because i right. see yeah they may change lifts it. being everywhere um, yep. So, uh, my dad had that in his mind long before I did, and I see it now coming to fruition. So, I think that will happen, and him playing makes a big difference for them. Um, I think Ben definitely helps them. He is a hard guy for me to root for mm. because <laughs> I I struggled covering him um you know it'll in fairness 
relationships matter, right? And how people treat one another matters. And he was just diff- I've been around this game for a long time. I've covered a lot of players. And he's been one of the most difficult I ever had to interact with from the day he was drafted. So I don't wish bad things for him. And I think he's an incredible talent. And I think that they are going to be better. Like, uh, I wouldn't want to see them in the postseason, meaning if I'm some other team, because I think his defense, he has a lot of good stuff to offer. Obviously, we don't know where he is in terms of shooting a basketball or making a free throw. And I think that comes from a mental block not necessarily a mental health issue. I think it's more of a mental block. And I wish that at some point that the world got to get to the bottom of that, because I think that sometimes you're doing a disservice to some, to many, when you kind of just put these words in there and and, and I don't think that part is fair. Hey, D, back to the trade for just a second. Uh, the two number ones that they gave up, probably late late number ones, late in the draft. Uh, giving well, up definitely them this keep, year's. Yeah. Right. And keeping uh, Maxie, Thibault, Harris, and all together uh, almost sounds like a heist from the, from the Sixers standpoint to keep those young guys they're so high on. It is. Um, I think. Have told a couple of different times I've been interviewed on this. I do think don't underestimate what Seth will help Brooklyn do. (laughs) I mean, this guy, so he's having a down year shooting 40% from three. Yeah. Right? Last year he shot 45% from three. Put him on a court with a Kyrie and a KD. I mean, this guy is just going to be money. And they had no size. And you gave them Drummond, which uh, I, I'm not, I, I like the deal. I told you, like, this is beneficial for both sides. But Drummond, people like say, you know, oh, well, he's just going to be a backup. The guy's 28 years old. He's been a starter in this league. And they get to choose of how they want to play him and Aldridge together. And Drummond will help them. I mean, it's just truth of the matter. So I think the biggest thing for them is similar to the Sixers, but I think the Sixers have a little bit of an advantage because Embiid is in such a groove that how do you fit in right away, right? Because we're looking at 27, 26, games for both of these teams obviously they you know Brooklyn was in a tailspin um, because KD is sidelined but I mean as I said are you seriously going to bet on Brooklyn not being in the postseason and if they are in the postseason do you want to face them well, yeah, the East remains very jumbled. I'm going to put up the standings right now. It looks like about three and a half games separating the top six teams who would be you know, locked into Correct. a playoff spot. Then there's the play-in yep. games. 
and I'm sure the Nets will be much higher than eighth when all is said and done. Um, how important is it, do you think, D, to get one of the top three or four seeds? And how do you see the East playing out? So, I mean, I always think home court matters. Obviously, the Sixers have not been the same home court team that they've been in the past years, uh, though that's creeping up. They're getting better, and they've won some significant games of late. Uh, obviously, they dropped that Phoenix game and the Cavs, I guess, those two. Uh, whatever. Anyhow, but my point being that they feel strongly about how they perform in their on the home court and and they feel strong about that now that being said they did lose a game seven <laughs> on their home floor yeah. and i can't imagine that does not sit somewhere in the crawl of doc joel and tobias for sure and maybe the rest of them but those three um so i think they just joel would say that they just want to be playing their best basketball and want to have acclimated James into their system that they feel comfortable. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and I think they're – so if they lose a couple games because they're working it out and figuring out how they play together, I got no problem with that. I, I think the fact that they acknowledge 27 games is not a lot. And so you may lose some stuff in the early going, trying to figure out what's the best way to be playing. Yeah. Well, Dave, we're going to have to put you on the spot. You don't you don't like making predictions, but we're going we're going to work on you here. I hate it. Uh, I, hate I know it. you do. I know you do. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> I know. So what's this team going to do? Are they are, are they going to are they going to be able to win? I this think thing they get, get to, to the, the Eastern finals? Conference Finals. I think they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree. I, uh, I think they finally shed the not getting out of the second round. I think Embiid is playing too good. Yeah, I would prefer to be making this prediction having seen Harden on the floor, but right. having listened <laughs> to him, I feel a whole lot better about where he is as a player and a guy joining this group i do uh, i i really enjoyed listening to him and and i like i like people who tell you straight you know he wanted to be here and houston refused to trade him to daryl morey last year you know mm -hmm. i mean the fact that he's like that's borderline tampering <laughs> <laughs> and he's willing to tell the story so i like fierce competitors um, I think Joel is definitely the MVP of this this year, this league. Uh, and and James, while he is not who he was when he was the MVP, I think he's still at such a high level. And I will look forward to watching them figure it out because the two of them, you know, I, I know competitors. I do. I mean, like, AI was fierce. And these two guys, they get it. They they want to win. And unfortunately, I cannot say that about 2-5, who's now whatever, a different <laughs> yeah. number. And I, I never felt that You do think he wins the MVP. Him. I like the fact that you uh, think he's going to win the MVP. That'll make our listener Tim happy. I do. 
I do. I, I do think. And I think it's deserving. I mean, if you think Absolutely. about the distractions that this, it, like to not have the second cornerstone playing and not playing because he's injured, playing because he chose not to be with you when you were the number one seed a year ago. And this guy just sets out to take his team with him. I'm never going to, I'm not going to blink and I'm going to have the best year of my career. I mean, seriously, come on. (laughs) So, so D, are you going to be in the crowd on March the 10th uh, when Brooklyn rolls into Philly? Oh yeah. I go all the time. I still go. Um, I hope he plays. I don't, I I don't think he'll play. He won't play. I don't think so either. That's going to be interesting. Hey, D, I know we're out of time, but uh, you've got a birthday coming at this weekend. So let us be the first to wish you a happy, healthy one. (laughs) We seem to have you on every Every year, right around your birthday, every February. I know. You guys are so good to me that way. I'll be on the golf course, and I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, and and we always have to ask you, D, because you have 100 things going on. Tell us what's going on, where people can find you, and do all the things you have going on before we finish up. You know what? One of the great things that I enjoy that I'm doing now is that Parks Casino hired me to create content. Uh, basketball content for them and I've really enjoyed doing that I still teach uh, you know so I'm still trying to get the next generation uh, going for sports broadcasting whatever that will be like Um, but yeah the parks and and I call my G League and college basketball games and that's been awesome so so thank you excellent all right. Well, D, as always, we appreciate you coming by. Maybe when we uh, get to the playoffs, we get you back with us and uh, do some more. Anytime. I appreciate that you guys still consider me relevant. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you are you are Sixers go-to. <laughs> hey, Thanks, D, guys. Let me tell I you appreciate one thing. It. I mentioned right before yeah. you came on that last week's Dick Vermeil interview was one of our most watched ever on YouTube. It was the third most yeah. watched. Yours was uh, from November of 2020, for whatever reason, was our second most ever viewed. It was now, you know, well over a thousand hits. I don't know why. I mean, other that than is, that, that is crazy. Because <laughs> it's me. That's why. Yeah. And number what? one was Judy that Arnold, is... former Philadelphia Roller Games Roller Derby legend. People love Judy Arnold. But yeah, you were right behind her in the popularity contest. So uh, well, people still love you, D. I, I, I feel privileged. Thank you. Yes. Well, we're there privileged you. to have you. Thanks, Dave. All, right. All right. Thanks, Dave. You guys take yeah. care. Thanks All right. So you too. All right. Bye. Hey, hey Chet, as we know, uh, it's wintertime in the north, although it's trying to trying to get a little bit warmer. But my guess is your couch is still getting more mileage than your car. So it's time for you to start saving with all states pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, Bill, uh, all states pay as you go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile car insurance gives you a greater control of insurance costs. See, I'll see how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. You know by now that in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 
that area, it is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Silly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Chet, I have one follow-up uh, question to you from D. Uh, do you have as much confidence in Doc Rivers as D does? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was shocked that last week he was somehow named one of the top 15 all-time coaches. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, I, don't get I, it. I was actually a little surprised by D's answer. She was all in, like, no no doubt about it. I, I was a little surprised at that. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. I'm, I'm still not 100% behind Doc uh, hopefully having James Harden and Embiid together on the court will make things a little better, make him look better. But uh, not that he's terrible, but I, I don't think he's one of the best of all time, certainly. So let's see what happens over the next uh, couple of months. And I'm telling you right now, if he doesn't get to the conference finals, some people are going to be calling for his head. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That team's got enough talent that you ought to be out there run, be able to run out there and coach him, I think, at this point. Well, yeah. Just don't mess it up. I mean, I mean. <laughs> They they exactly. they're pretty they're pretty loaded wait. right they're I pretty loaded wait. right now yeah February twenty fifth Harden supposedly will make his first uh, appearance for the Sixers and then March tenth you know who yeah. comes to town maybe yeah maybe <laughs> maybe not would you yeah. say baby baby no I did not say baby I said the, baby the baby <laughs> yeah well there's the that baby. all right hey pitchers and catchers on the field for the first day always a fun day here in Florida for me Chet and uh, it didn't happen. Um, Scheduled this week, Major League Baseball making a huge mistake in my mind. It doesn't look like they're getting close. Um, it's not good. It's not good for, for Major League Baseball. We talked about it last week, Bill, and sadly, nothing has changed. No progress, no real signs of hope. The first spring training games are slated for about 10 days from now. I'm not optimistic. And in addition to a lot of folks, myself included, who have you know had to put March Florida trips on hold. I feel sorry for businesses and concession workers down in Florida and out in Arizona who, like us, are just, you know, sitting and waiting and hoping that there's some sort of miracle in the next few days. Yeah, well, and, I, and I don't think it's going to happen. No. Uh, I, I would just suggest this since it was uh, 84 degrees here today, Chet. <laughs> Uh, nice. Don't cancel your Florida March trip. <laughs> Come down. There's plenty of other things to do. And, uh, you know, and, and that's baseball's loss, I think. that That's the problem. People are going to find other things to do, and it's not going to be baseball. And, and baseball's already got some problems like that. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're not helping themselves. And people just can't feel sorry for billionaires and millionaires fighting with each other. Yeah, this is a critical time for the future of the sport of baseball, I think. If they're going to miss lose part of the season they're going to lose a lot more fans in the process absolutely and and what a, one final thing you know at this time of the year uh players are reporting early uh to, to the spring training camps working in the backfields doing whatever they're not allowed here mm -hmm. uh, you know the there's my buddy who's the trainer uh not allowed there not allowed to work with players not allowed to do anything with players uh you know they can come and hang out at high school fields or work with high school kids they do that some um, it's just not the same and, uh, just not good. And, and it's a bad mistake for baseball. I'm afraid. 
Well, hey, Bill, at least we have the Flyers, right? We do have the Flyers. <laughs> uh, they oh, went to Pittsburgh last night. I'll tell you what, Chet. Uh, the Claude Giroux rumors are, are swirling now, the trade rumors. The Flyers played really good for two and three-quarter periods last night and gave up two goals in 18 seconds, turned around and lost in the first minute overtime. Just a devastating loss for a team that played really well last night and just let it get away. Bill, I'm going to take the hit for this one. I'm going to blame the loss to the Penguins Tuesday night on me. As you know, I was out at that Bruise with Zoo event in Bridgeport, PA, and in driving home, I happened to turn the Flyers game on the radio, and there was about nine minutes left. They were up four to two. I thought, wow, this is a nice upset. Lo and behold, as you said, you know, the Penguins score a couple of goals within 20 seconds. Uh, they tie it, win it in overtime in like a half minute. So uh, it's my fault. But, yeah, send Claude to Colorado or wherever the hell else he wants to go if you can get something decent in return for him and just get this flyer season over. Yeah. Well, and I, and I have to tell you this. You talk about turning on the radio. I was out to dinner, had some family uh, come in, you know, so we went to dinner on, on their way through town. And uh, I got home, I turned on the game, and I swear, Chet, it was not 10 seconds of game time, Crosby scored that 500th goal, and I just wanted to be ill. <laughs> I was just going to ask you if we were going to do anything to celebrate his 500th goal and his 50th against the Flyers. He, 50 he, against he the just Flyers. got all I'm going to do for him. I mentioned him. That's all he's <laughs> getting out of there me. You go. Uh, but what a yeah, what a what a heartbreaker in, for a team that played really, really well. And yeah. It's That's just uh, the way it's gone this season for them. Yep, yep. I say, I guess the uh, the captain will be moving on. I think that's pretty much a given at this point. Hey, I want to mention one other thing about the Sixers and the Nets. I just saw, I got a, you know, I, I do business news, and I got a pitch from somebody about Sixers and Nets tickets and the impact of the trade. Since the trade was announced last Thursday through Monday, um, secondhand or resale tickets for Sixers games are up 53%. Whereas Nets tickets on the resale market are down 31%. So there's a lot more excitement in Philly, apparently, about James Harden than there is up in Brooklyn for you-know-who going there. Well, that's interesting. You know, yeah. I, you know I, I think we didn't really – we only touched on this. We'll, we'll just stay with it for just a second. Uh, I think the whole, the whole thing with this guy is – is he able to play? Is he really able to play, or is he really messed up, or was this really just a a, a fraud scheme? You know, uh, he said the Sixers knew about this long before the season ever started. Yeah. There was a whole lot deeper that he went into in, in that press conference um, that, you know, I, I just, you know, if you're, if you're a Nets fan, are you up there saying, this guy's not going to help us? Yeah, that, it was very interesting, and uh, the whole mental health thing is really, really interesting. A lot of people are saying that he's, you know, just really going into territories that he shouldn't with the whole mental health thing. He's blaming the Sixers for not doing anything, saying that uh, they knew that there was something up long before that final Atlanta game. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I never heard anything to that effect before uh you know, a couple of days ago. So who knows what's up with uh, Mr. Simmons, but uh, well, I, I he, didn't he, like that. He said they knew about it all season from yeah. before the season. You exactly. Know? And so, I never heard a thing. No, no. All right. 
let's move on. Let's give a shout out to all our shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, Chet. The network continues to grow. There are more and more shows. Uh, this episode being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You keep going, Bill, because I, I can't find the graphics, so just keep talking. Well, you better find it because I might not have them all on it. <laughs> I'm giving it my best shot. Uh, you can catch all the action live on www.eopsports.com. Hit those like, follow, subscribe buttons for us. Broad Street Bully Podcast will be available Mondays, 9 a.m. They're still on. Monday Mailbag Podcast with Joey Sheeran is available Monday afternoon. Talking Philly Sports Podcast with Matty B. We'll, be this, uh, we'll have Bird's IQ Kyle Quinn on Tuesday. Edge of Philly Sports Live. Join Joe and Big Al as they cover four for four on Wednesday nights. That's live tonight, 930 Eastern Time. And this week's Friday, Philly Philly, the podcast features Matt Benarchek as well. And join the Patterson Avenue Fanatics for Saturday breakfast, 9 a.m. Join the gang for breakfast and talk Philly sports. If you miss anything, no worry. Grab the podcast. They're everywhere. And sign up for the newsletter. Jet arrives in your mailbox on Friday morning. All you have to do is uh, go to EOPsports.com, sign up, cost nothing, and you will get a re, um, an update for the week from EOP Sports. <sighs> Hey, Bill. You hung me out on that. How'd I do? I did. I, I loaded. <laughs> I thought I loaded the graphic for the current week. I could not find it, and I'm uh, not quick enough to you know remedy the situation. But I do have a random chat thing pretty much ready to go. Uh, Bill, yeah, we're going random again. So if you're ready, you'll recall that last month I did a segment on classic albums that came out 50 years ago, 1972. Well, as it turns out, there were also a bunch of great ones that came out 10 years later. That, of course, would be... 1982. I mean, disco was fading out. The top 40 scene was changing greatly. Punk rock had morphed into some sort of new wave or modern rock. Hair bands were taking root, no pun intended. But bottom line, there was a lot of music, good and bad, to choose from. And as we focus on albums released 40 years ago in 1982, yeah, it really has been 40 years or very close to it that we first heard all of these. In 1982, there were debut solo albums from Janet Jackson, Billy Idol, the hit White Wedding on that one. He did put out a four-song EP the previous year. Uh, let's see, Aldo Nova, Donald Fagan from uh, Steely Dan. Eagles alum Don Henley had his first solo hit that year, Dirty Laundry, from that album. Led Zepp's Robert Plant, Marshall Crenshaw, Lionel Richie, oh, and Laura Branigan, who gave us the massive hit Gloria. Now, while I like Aerosmith, Cheap Trick, and Queen a lot, their 1982 albums, frankly, were not that great. That would be Rock in a Hard Place, One on One, and Hot Space. Yuck. Although the latter album by Queen did include their fantastic collaboration with David Bowie, the song Under Pressure. Unfortunately, the rest of the album pretty much sucked. All right, we got new albums in 82 from Chicago. Elton John, Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, and Nash without Young. Also, uh, the Alan Parsons Project, Blondie, Elvis Costello, The Cure, Talking Heads, REO Speedwagon, Pat Benatar, Paul McCartney, Warren Zevon, Squeeze, 38 Special, The Steve Miller Band, and oh yeah, this one from Billy Squire. 
I love this one. I got to be honest. The Who put out It's Hard, the very last one that featured bass player John Entwistle. Eminence Front and Athena were the hits on that one. Kiss dropped Creatures of the Night in 82. Rush released Signals. And Van Halen put out Diver Down, loved the VH cover of Oh Pretty Woman on there. For those of you into acronyms or bands going simply by letters, well, 1982 gave us albums from ABC, NXS, REM, UFO, X, and XTC. I kid you not. Now, some other memorable albums from that year included Culture Club's debut, Kissing to be Clever, featuring Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers gave us Long After Dark, featuring You Got Lucky and Change of Heart. Some other big ones from 1982, Dire Straits, Love Over Gold. Picture this by Huey Lewis and the News with the hits Do You Believe in Love and Working for a Living. Phil Collins' second solo album came out that year, Hello, I Must Be Going. I Don't Care Anymore. Yeah, that was on there. Peter Gabriel's fourth solo album with the monster hit Shock the Monkey on it. Bruce Springsteen released Nebraska, critically acclaimed and highly regarded by many fans, but not one of my favorites of the boss, to be honest. Duran Duran had a huge hit with Rio with the title song and Hungry Like the Wolf on it. The Mirage album by Fleetwood Mac had the hits Gypsy and Hold Me. Heavy metal fans got Iron Maiden's The Number of the Beast and, oh yeah, Rainbows, Straight Between the Eyes. I like that one. Judas Priest put out Screaming for Vengeance. Also, Toto's fourth album was a smash, thanks to the songs Rosanna and Africa, which we still hear a lot 40 years later. Okay, let's wrap up with my personal top 10 albums released in 1982. Number 10 will be on very few others' lists, but hey, I loved it. The band UFO and the album Mechanics. At number nine, a massive hit by Prince, 1999, featuring that great title song, plus Delirious and Little Red Corvette. At number eight is this one from the Scorpions, the album Blackout. Okay, not my favorite album of theirs, but thanks to the song No One Like You, it just has to be on the list. At number seven and number six, respectively, then two albums that got played everywhere in the early and mid-80s, the debut album from Asia with the huge hits, Heat of the Moment and Only Time Will Tell, and Billy Joel's The Nylon Curtain, which included Allentown, Pressure, and Goodnight Saigon. At number five, American Fool by John Cougar, before he was allowed to change the last name to Mellencamp, his real name. It was his breakthrough with the hits Hurt So Good and Jack and Diane. Okay, number four, this may surprise some people, but hey, there's no denying the quality of this one. It is, after all, the top-selling album of all time, if I'm not mistaken, with seven top ten singles on it. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, with the title song, plus Wanna Be Starting Something, Beat It, and Billie Jean, among others. Um, yeah, my top three, Combat Rock by The Clash. Boy, did I play this one a lot. That, of course, had Rock the Casbah and Should I Stay or Should I Go. I still hear those all the time on the radio. Number two from the great George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers, Bad to the Bone, that great title song and much more on there. And drum roll, please. Yeah, my favorite album from 1982, another one that will surprise pretty much everybody. It's this one by Joe Jackson, Night and Day. 
the one big hit on there was Steppin' Out, but there were a bunch of other great songs on there, like Breaking Us In Two, Real Men, and A Slow Song. There you go. A bunch of terrific albums from 40 years ago, 1982, many of which still sound pretty great today. Well, that's a pretty good list, but Michael Jackson Thriller, third or third or fourth? Really? Too, high, too low? Too high. Too low. It is great. It is great. But, you know, it's not my rock and roll kind of music, so that's why it was probably lower than it should have been. But, uh, all right. Hey. Okay. It's a good year. Let's get back to something I like. And that'd Please. be football. That'd be football. football. So... Dick Vermeil's name was called as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022, Chet, and it was awesome to see the coach walk across that stage. Oh, man, it sure was. We got the announcement uh, last Thursday. Dick Vermeil among those elected. We thought it was going to be the case. We talked to him, you know, just a couple of days beforehand. He didn't let on to me when I talked to him, which, you know, is good. That's, that's the rule, I guess. So uh, he's in there, and then we saw him again Uh you know, at the Super Bowl on Sunday. And congrats to Dick, one of the greatest guys in Philly sports history and well-deserved. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really happy for him, happy for the guys that played for him uh, throughout all of his teams. Uh, but I, I will tell you this, Chad, I was a little underwhelmed with the entire class of 2022. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, there were some guys I thought almost had to be sure bets, and guess what, they're – Good thing I didn't bet because yeah. they didn't make it. A uh, little surprised at, at some of them. And, uh, but glad for him. Glad for Sam Mills. I was going to uh, say Sam Mills, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy that took a long road to get there. Uh, good for the late Sam Mills and his family. Um, again, hmm. Seth Joyner, maybe? You know, I'm going to keep campaigning for Seth, but uh, he can't even get to the, the finalists. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Same with uh, Eric Allen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, as a follow-up, Chet, I talked with our guest from two weeks ago, Bill O'Connell, the father of Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell the other day, yesterday, actually, um, to say he was beyond happy with the outcome of the Super Bowl. He said it was uh, right up there with the one of the greatest days of his life uh, to see his son win the Super Bowl only to be loading up uh, and headed to Minnesota where Kevin was named the head coach of the Vikings today. He will be um, introduced tomorrow. So for our St. James, Delaware County guy, uh, Bill, what a, what a whirlwind couple weeks for him and uh, Super Bowl champion. Good thing. Quite a week for the O'Connell family. So, yeah, we're happy for them. We we had a great time talking to Bill on the show a couple of weeks back. And, Bill, I'm thinking if we play our cards right, we just might, you know, for the first time, be able to talk to an active NFL coach here on our show. So let's make that happen. We will try to make that happen. And Bill also uh, let me know or reminded me that the Vikings do come to Philly next year. Yep. Uh, date unknown. You know, they haven't announced right. date yet, but – uh, the Vikings are coming to Philly, and Bill and the troop of McConnells will certainly be there. So, yep. Looking Once forward the schedule's to out, well. I'm going to put it on my calendar as uh, one of the games I would definitely like to get to. Absolutely. Uh, what, one other thing, uh, speaking of getting to, Dick Vermeil's going to Canton. Is uh, Chet going to Canton? 
I told him last week when I interviewed him, I said, if you're named, I'm going to get out there. So I'm already looking into it. Okay. Sounds good. I'm yep. sure Philly trips, Philly sports trips will have something going on there. Yeah, I, I'm going to assume that is the case. I meant to actually reach out to Vince yesterday, and I didn't get around to it because, you know, my mind is... So uh, I will definitely check with them because I'm sure there'd be a lot of interest in going out for Dick Vermeil and uh, Sam Mills. Absolutely. All right. Hey, great guest tonight in D-Lineham, as always. She's awesome. Uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, Bill, we had a great time talking with D, as we always do. And we're going to have even more Sixers talk next week, Bill. And we got a good one. You love her, you hate her. Some people, you know, aren't accepting her as the replacement for Mark Zumoff. I personally think that, you know, while he's a tough act to follow, that she's doing a great job. I think she and Ala are a great team. She brings a lot of passion to calling the games, and I can't wait to talk with Kate Scott, the new play-by-play -play voice of the 76ers. She will be on our show next week. Oh, that'd be awesome. First-timer. First-timer. Busy right. lady. Very oh, busy lady. I'm sure she is. <laughs> Well, good. I'm looking forward to that. And let's see, by next Wednesday, uh, James Harden will have any – how many games will he have under his None. belt? Any? None. None. Yet. None. None yet. Okay. A couple of practices maybe, but That's no games right. still. All right. Well, Chet, um, let's talk Super Bowl for just a minute. Are you in the camp that the refs got in the way at the end of that game uh, or no? Uh, a little bit. I mean, the funny thing is they were one of the officiating crews that – called the fewest amount of penalties during the season both the Bengals and Rams were you know pretty much low on the list of how many penalties they normally get and there weren't many until the fourth quarter um they missed the one call on T Higgins when he caught the touchdown for the Bengals earlier he had a face mask on uh, the defender and then yeah down the stretch there was the holding call which I guess by the books was a holding call a uh, couple other things that could have gone the other way. Uh, you hate to see that. You hate to have any question, but uh, I don't know. What do you say? Well, I, they were holding. Yeah. It, you know, hold, yeah. I mean, they were they were holding. You can't, if that was Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard running a little out route and getting held and the ball knocked down, we would not be happy Eagles fans, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's I true. Mean, no, hold is a hold. And I look at that stuff, Chet, is probably from the technical side, maybe a little too much from coaching, is if if you're grabbing and all that, if you gain ground, and that linebacker held him and gained enough momentum and enough ground to be able to reach around and knock the ball down, that's a penalty. If you clutch him or whatever and it, and it doesn't really impede him, then it's maybe you can let it go. But if you gain ground to make a play, it's a, it's a penalty. Uh, it's Yeah. And I, and I had no rooting interest one way or the other. I, I didn't I didn't really care who won the game. I thought it was a good game. I thought it was well played. You hate to see, you know, <clears throat> critical calls like that missed or calls made that, you know, maybe shouldn't have uh, ruined the outcome of a game. But I, I don't know how much it did. It was a good game. It was not one of the all-time classic Super Bowls. Even though it was a, a close game, it just didn't have the same buzz as some of the other ones. Maybe it was the teams involved. I don't know. Uh, ratings were up though. Rating, they had uh, 101, pe 101 million people watch the game live. Uh, another 11 or 12 million who watched it via streaming. So, all told, more than 112 million. The ratings up 14% from a year ago based on that number. So, that was good. And betting, I saw, wow, uh, 
Very yeah. heavy, led by Nevada's $180 million wagered on the game. New Jersey, where I live, $144 million. I didn't lose too much. Uh, I did not make a profit. I, I did this one parlay, and I it was like a five-thing parlay, and had uh, Cooper Cup had eight more yards receiving, I would have won a nice chunk of change. Instead, I finished minus $30, all told. So not too bad. Well, well one, one thing I want to do is we get – going here into the summer, especially if we don't have baseball. I want to find, uh, I don't know who this person is, but a, a betting guru. Yeah. And I, I, I want to, I want to put a whole segment about this betting. I, I got a problem with all this betting. You got a problem with it, do you? I, I do. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'd like to talk to somebody that knows way more about it than I do. I don't bet. Uh, I'm not going to bet. But I'd like to talk to somebody, and we maybe we could do a little research and find a, a, a professional that could work both sides of this for us. I think it's a good conversation. And speaking of Cooper Cup, uh, yeah, he's good. He's really good. <laughs> and, and the other thing about the game, Chad, two things: one, defense wins championships, my friend. It never changes. And that defensive line of the Rams, they were really good. And the other thing is lost in the woodwork of that game. I think is that 16-play drive in the fourth quarter was magic. And they got a couple breaks, maybe by the refs, whatever. Yeah. Um, the game was on the line. The season, the Super Bowl's on the line. And the Rams did something absolutely spectacular on offense. They kind of got lost in the in the shuffle, I think, of what seemed like a boring game. They methodically drove the ball down the field. 16 plays is a long time to, to yeah. drive. Yeah. So. Congrats to the Rams. Uh, my favorite commercials, by the way, in case anybody cares, the Hellman's Mayo Tackles Food Waste. Uber Eats. Uber Don't Eats. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that one. They even mentioned the Gwyneth Paltrow candle. She had a little cameo in that. And uh, Larry David <laughs> doing the crypto commercial for FTX, where he was ruining all the great moments in history, saying, eh, no, I don't think so. I thought that one, though, was pretty, pretty good, as Larry would say. All right. Well, I, I purposely in our schedule left you 30 seconds to talk about the halftime show. Go. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't my favorite because I'm not into the rap and hip hop music scene, but I'm not going to say it was bad. A lot of people hated it. Of course, fans of that music thought it was really, really good. A lot of people did. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool to see all these legends up there together. You know, Dr. Dre and Eminem. Um <laughs> Ali Berry MVP, Kendrick Lamar, uh, and of course Snoop Dogg. You know, even though I'm not a fan of that music, I love Snoop Dogg. I just love seeing him. He looks like he almost he's almost always a little, you know, wasted, which is fine. Uh he's he looks happy. So I like seeing Snoop Dogg up there and Eminem was pretty cool. I thought it was fun. Again, not, not as much as I liked seeing Springsteen or Tom Petty or the Rolling Stones or Prince or some of the others, but I was okay with it. I like that they mix it up and do different things from year to year. So, so there, take that, everybody, including you, Joe. There you go. You got your you got your thirty seconds. All right. All right. Let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC one eighteen Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia. From all the Philly teams and more, they have small line reses that give you better odds of winning. Who don't like to win, Chet? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Raz Room. That's right, PPCC118 Raz Room on Facebook. 
And Chet, one thing, I don't know if you have a parting shot, but one thing I, I want to throw out here, March 26th is official. You, you want to throw some details out there? I don't have the details because I didn't know it was official yet, but that okay. is the, uh, the Freddie event. Freddie Burns, as many of you know, uh, son, young Fred, uh, has a little battle with leukemia going on. So the Edge of Philly guys and all of us are going to be involved in a fundraiser March the 26th uh, from 2 to 6 p.m. at the Red Lantern Inn in Glen Olden, PA. Uh, Chet, I am actually going to try to get there for that if I can ah. pull it off. Uh, I got I got a little work to do, but uh, I'm going to try to be there for that. Uh, it's important to me, and uh, everyone is invited. If you live anywhere in the tri-state area, it's not that far. It's easy to get to, not far off of 95. Um, it's going to be for a great cause, and um, we're going to help young Fred. And uh, we also have that Brian Dawkins frame jersey that somebody's going to take home too. So uh, be part of it. I'll be there, and hopefully you will be uh, there as well, Bill. March 26th. Yes, sir. See you there. Two to six. Parting right, shot next. for you. Parting shot for me, Bill? Why, thank you. Yes, I do have a parting shot. Um, in connection with the Sixers' recent trade to acquire James Harden, uh, the Philly Sports Talk radio folks, in many cases, were reflecting on the trades and free agent acquisitions over the years by the Philly sports teams that got us fans most excited. Recently, of course, there was the Phillies getting Bryce Harper. A year earlier, JT Real Muto landing Roy Halladay in 2010 was a pretty good one, huh? 43 years ago, of course, it was Pete Rose becoming a Philly. We all got excited when the arbitrator ruled in the Flyers' favor and they landed Eric Lindros. That was 30 years ago this June. The two that got Eagles fans most excited, I think, were probably Reggie White coming from the USFL to the Birds in 1985 or 86, 86, I believe. And then, of course, T.O. becoming an Eagle in 2004. When the 76ers landed Dr. J in 76 and then Moses Malone in 82, well, who didn't love those deals? Of course, as Philly sports fans, we also got real excited when the Phillies signed Lance Parrish in 1987. And when the Sixers traded for Andrew Bynum in 2012. But I think we remember how those guys worked out. They did not. Uh, let's hope the James Harden deal works out more like Moses Malone and Pete Rose than Andrew Bynum. Well, I'll tell you, that name right there, is on that list with that other name that does not ever yeah. get spoken out of these lips. I hear you. Wrap it up, Bill. That, that was a fraud. No doubt <laughs> about that. Up. All right, let's thank tonight's special guest, D-Lineham, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February 23rd at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Hi, hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and let's go Sixers.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.